Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Not too shabby, NBA, as we're waiting for the NFL Conference Championship games this weekend. The NBA was on fire last night. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max were presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN Radio. I mean, Steph is ejected from the game. Dame drops 60 on what percent from the field, Jay? 72%. 72%. Hey, Jay. Drop 60. What up? You And B can't get fined for that? For what? The little move that he does after a big bucket. <laughs> he can't get fined. No, seriously. Because the NFL, you know, they they going to send you a FedEx envelope nah, doing stuff like that. I think the NBA is a little bit easy on stuff like that. I just was asking. I mean, KD didn't like it. Obviously, he tweeted, and they went back and forth, but. Oh, I mean, yeah. See, I, thanks for bringing me up to speed on the Twitter beef. I didn't know. That, well, that's what I'm here for. I'm the social I, media I account. Understand. Tune into NBA action tonight as the Celtics <laughs> host the Knicks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. All right, look. Embiid versus Simmons, you guys are already into it. AD comes back for the Lakers, and just like that, they win. It was the Spurs. He, yeah, that's right. Hey, that's a rivalry. Lakers-Spurs used to be a rivalry, right? It used to mean something. You know what means something now? Memphis and Golden State, Jay. 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 Jay, is it the best rivalry? Is it the only rivalry in the NBA? Is it a rivalry? What do you think? There is no rivalry in the NBA. At all. There is no rivalry in the NBA. Just go like this, Jay, to loosen it up. Rivalry. (laughs) Rivalry. 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 Say rivalry week. Well, what are the it was the anchor man vocal exercises he was doing? Al now brown cow. <laughs> yeah, right. The arsonist has out of the shaped feet. Yes, there it is. <laughs> That'd be um, I, I don't see a rivalry in the NBA. I, I really because guys, to me, you have to both sides need to be able to win games when it matters the most. Yep. It needs to be somewhat even or close. And as of right now, as much as I know that. The Grizz and the Warriors don't like each other. And trust me, I'm here for all the smoke as it relates to that particular matchup. I think it is one of the best matchups we have in the NBA because of the history of these teams and the trash talking that exists. But rivalries can't be one-sided. Nope. And as of right now, it's one-sided because everything goes towards Golden State. They won the series last year, even if John Morant was out. They talk trash throughout the offseason. John Morant, yeah, let's play Christmas Day. Okay, Golden State won that game without Steph Curry. They talk even more. And then Golden State wins again last night Yeah, without, you think about, without Steph Curry down the stretch. Think about the, the rivalries of old, right, in, in the NBA or in sports in general. You bounce me out of the playoffs because playoffs have – this is the, the implications, right? Like Jay said, it has to mean something. So now you bounce me this year. I get you the next year. You get me the following two years. I bring in a couple of new players. I get you a year. That, that's how it goes. It's got to be some balance there. It cannot be all one-sided. And right now, I understand that the, the Memphis Grizzlies are on the come-up. They're, they're 
ascending. They're they're moving in the right direction. It looks good. Ja eventually, maybe one day, might be the best player in the world. All of those sort of things. But right now, as it stands today, the Golden State Warriors, no matter if they're limited with with uh, players or not, and some players are getting ejected, like Curry, they're still winning. Jay, how would you like? How would you describe in that case? I hear what you guys are saying. I think you guys have a high standard for a rivalry, and you are talking about degrees of rivalry, not mm-hmm. kind. I think that in terms of a kind of a thing, this is starting is qualifying now as a rivalry, even if it's, one, even if it's, it's one side. It's budding. It's on its but way it's towards budding. one. Yeah, yeah. I, I would predict that in the future we yes. will look back and okay. say, yes, this was the – but you're right. Maybe the evidence isn't all in yet. How would you describe – you know, I was a Knicks fan as a kid, and the Miami Heat, when they got uh, Alonzo Mourning and the Knicks with Patrick Ewing, used to have savage – I remember if it was five or seven games, but they would go the distance, close, tough games, and but usually it was in the first round, and the Knicks always won it. Yep. But, and yet I think fans on both sides, Knicks and Heat, would look at that and say, that was a rivalry. Where did, did they meet? Where did they Playoffs. meet? Playoffs. Playoffs. Playoff basketball to me is everything. But they've played in the playoffs, these two teams. They played one time. Okay. I, and, and by the way, they played in the play-in <laughs> tournament where, you know, Steph was the only guy on the court. And I get that John Morant and these guys bumped them out of the play-in. But, like, that wasn't Golden State at their full strength. They were down a couple of guys. So, it it goes back. It's budding into that, but it's not there right they've now. They've met, met twice in the yeah, playoffs. And twice. I guess they haven't extended the series all the way under normal circumstances. I don't and know. And by the way, the playoffs and the play-in are two different things. Yeah. yeah one, one, when they caught them in the play-in, they didn't catch Golden State. They caught Golden. There yeah. was no state to it because they was, was just limited state. with their players. All they had basically was Steph Curry, and that was it. Yeah, but then last year, without their best player, didn't it go six games? Yes. It went six without Ja. No, and but Ja did play. Well, ja he did early. For the first couple three, games. Early. He played and three by the way, four. Golden State was without Gary Payton. What, what did he second, play? Four of those games? Losing, losing your best player. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I think losing he your best like player four. is a big deal. And, and, when he, yeah. and, and he had played four, what was it, 2-2? Two, two? I, got, I got to go back. I don't have The point is, with, like, uh, look, do I think that the, the Memphis was going to beat him with Ja? I don't. I, th- I would predict that Golden State would have won anyway, but I don't know. They missed the golden opportunity game one. They missed the golden opportunity. Yeah, man. But then here, okay. Yeah, maybe So, Max, here's what would have created that rivalry. If they beat Golden State last year, right, Mm -hmm. and they come back again and they beat them again this year, now all of a sudden it starts to become something more than we own you no matter what, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs. Similar to in football where we're looking at this weekend, Kansas City in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's 3-0. We got you in the regular season twice, and now we – Popped you in the postseason a year ago, and we're going to try to do it again. See, Key, so I, now it becomes yeah. a rivalry. See, also, I, I'm able to dissect the difference between personal rivalries and team rivalries. I think you have a lot of personal rivalries on this team, like John Morant, Steph. But, you know, it's been Clay going at Dylan Brooks, the way Dylan Brooks handled Gary Payton the second last year, Draymond Green, Ja, a, a lot of barking, frankly. But <laughs> it's also been a lot of barking towards the top. It's been one team barking towards a team that has won four championships, that has been to multiple Western Conference Finals. Yes. And until Memphis gets there or gets over the hump or meets them, I don't hear all the barking, so, even though I love it. So I hear what you're saying. I guess what I'm saying is this. <clears throat> it, it, with rivalries sometimes, you can't tell early on if it will ultimately be seen that way. It seems to me 
that when we look back at this era, we will say that this was the early stages of a rivalry. But that means that I'm predicting yes. that, that Memphis will is trending in the right direction. By the way, Clipper Daryl, for those of you who don't know, he's the you, best. By the way, he's been you, coming. He's been coming at key. If you live in LA, like what? you know, Clipper Daryl, the dude you. dresses all up in Clippers gear, the biggest Clippers fan. Clipper Daryl tweeted at the show. Wait, wait, hold Lakers on. Clippers the are fans, a rivalry. Lakers and Clippers are a rivalry. Come on, Key. That's the Clippers. Once again, the Clippers calling the Lakers a rivalry. Whenever you're a Lakers fan, call the Clippers a rivalry. Clipper Durrell, I appreciate him watching the show. He's the best, though, man. I appreciate him watching the show. But why in the hell are you up at 4 a.m. in the morning, though? That's all I want to tell. Maybe he's he's close right now. Who knows? (laughs) No, he's here in L.A., but I'm saying – what? I appreciate him watching his show. But coming at me about the Lakers and the Clippers, Poor how Clippers can the fans. Lakers and the Clippers be a rivalry? How many we got, Max? 18? It, you got 17, and the Clippers I mean, have no, zero got, conference championships. No, we got 18, I thought. No, the uh, Celtics and Lakers tied at 17, right? I thought we got 18? whatever. 17, 17, 18, whatever the number is. I didn't, we got so many, I forgot, Jay. Yeah. I mean, How look, the, hell, the Clippers have gotten the best of you the last – they games. can have the I mean, in LA. I hear, I hear you, but it's not a national. <laughs> it's not a nationally recognized rivalry. I, I hear you, Jay. I hear you. you I never, agree with you. Ty Lewis, I just want, I just want to jab you a little bit. Against against the Lakers. I just want to jab you. Never seen a fan base more secure than Lakers fans versus Clippers fans. Like Clippers fans, seventeen. We tie with we tie we tie with the Celtics at seventeen. Let me tell you something, Jay. Seventeen. Yeah. You don't tell me anything. I know what time it is. No, I'm just saying. Let me just give you real quick because now y'all got me. Y'all got me perked got, got up a little bit here. Up. Lakers and Clippers share the same arena. For now. But the Lakers majority own the arena. Yeah, yeah the okay. Clippers get the so Wednesday Lakers game. Arena. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They're renting oh, I get it. our arena until they build in a city in Inglewood in which the Lakers were founded. So okay, Bomber like, takes like them let's, back to let's stop. They had to go to – they want to get some notoriety, so they go to Inglewood – and Mr. Bomber, big billionaire, he goes and he lays his cash flow down to build an arena to try to escape from being in our building. But then he goes to the city where championships was won in Eaglewood. Like, come on, man, don't get me started on Clipper Duro. I will start <laughs> Clipper Duro. In Connecticut. Man. You're on Keyshawn J. Willemax. <laughs> Uh, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, Jay Will, I think you're a little off base here because for old school people like myself in my 40s, Celtics-Lakers is still a humongous rivalry. Like, I know that the TV doesn't have it as much as it used to, but, like, purple and yellow is just not allowed in my house, bro. Like, my fiance, yeah. she's not allowed to have purple and yellow in the wedding. My kids have never worn purple and yellow together. Like, Celtics-Lakers just spans generations, and it is still the biggest game in Boston every year. I mean, if you want to go modern rivalries, I guess you can try to say Golden State because Draymond Green disrespected the legend Paul Pierce at the end of his career. They were chirping last year. Mr. Triple Single himself was trying to act like he was the star, but Celtics-Lakers is still a rivalry, bro. Like, you can't disrespect the old school. Jay, let me get Mike before you get him. Yeah, okay. First of all, the Lakers don't wear purple and yellow. It's purple and gold. Now get him, Jay. (laughs) I I, I hear – but see, to me, like, the whole – I get the history of it, but it's it's also it's also like the way we look at the Dallas Cowboys, right? Because I've heard this question asked to the likes of Troy Aikman and Playmaker, like you know, one team living off the success of another team. And I'm not saying that anybody in the current generation thinks of it that way, but it's like you can't get inherited into a rivalry. 
Like, it actually has to mean something for the current players. So I feel like a lot of what we see now with the Celtics-Lakers is more media manufactured. Because we're bringing the history into what that game is supposed to mean now when there isn't really any animosity between these two I teams. Say, I want to say one thing about well, that rivalry. What? I want to say Go one ahead. thing about that rivalry. When I was a kid, the Celtics had 13, the Lakers had six. There was no, the Celtics were the number one friends, like the Yankees in baseball. There, no, no one was close. No one was ever going to be close. They more than doubled the next best team, which is the Lakers. You blink, right? Dr. Buss buys the team, the whole thing. Generation passes. Do you understand they're both sitting on 17? But think about this now. You're, not, you're never supposed to catch the Celtics, but they caught them. But the vast majority of the Celtics championship took place before the shot clock three-point, or rather the three-point shot, the ABA merge, everything. Meaning, it's not that they don't count those championships. They don't count for as much as the modern championships. The Lakers not only caught the Celtics, they are by far the most important, most storied, and greatest history of any franchise in the history of basketball. Like, that was not supposed to happen, but the Lakers caught them and passed them. Like, there's no way you can argue Celtics over Lakers anymore all time. That's crazy. It's crazy. So I would say there is still a rivalry, but it's dormant. It, like, it can wake up, but it's, right now it's dormant, right? It's in mothballs. It's the best rivalry in the NBA in right mothballs. now. Are there any rivalries? 888-SAY-ESPN plus Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow. Who you want with the ball in their hand with the games on the line? Keyshawn, J. Willemax. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Keyshawn. Jay Will and Max. This energy that is going on between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies, which to me is the most entertaining rivalry in basketball. Uh, but is it a rivalry, though, Jay? Well, I, I was about to get into that. Well, it's a rivalry key because we don't have rivalries in, anymore. Steven Austin. Memphis's trash talk is like a nail yelling at the hammer. The hammer's not concerned about that. Win something first before you open your mouth. Keyshawn J. Will the Max, ESPN Radio. Are there any rivalries, real rivalries in the NBA anymore? And if there are, which is the best one, Randy in Connecticut? Hey, uh, uh, I kind of agree with Jay. I don't think there's any true team to team rivalry. It's more just player base, like a Devin Booker and like Luca, Damon, Damon, um, Westbrook. But other than that, even like this week, everything rivalry week, it's all based off stuff that happened 20, 30 years ago. It brings up an interesting point. No, no, I, I like that because I think, you know, it's you have a lot of fans that aren't fans of NBA teams as much anymore, especially the younger generation. They're more fans of NBA individuals. And he just made mention of it the Luka Doncic, Devin Booker 
rivalry, right? But you don't feel necessarily that's a rivalry between the Suns and the Mavericks. Right? So there's a lot of individual matchups where guys don't like each other, but it doesn't feel as that's a team thing. The closest thing we have to team rivalries are you talk about the Grizzlies, the Golden State Warriors, what we have with a little bit with the 76ers, the Brooklyn Nets, because of those individual angers or hatreds towards each and, other. And I also think based on the records of teams, right, when we start talking about the the history of back in the, the, the days where there was rivalries, when you talk about the Spurs and the Lakers or the Lakers and the Celtics or the Sixers and somebody, it's all about those records too. If those records are winning records, the game intensifies it becomes something more because something's at stake. But when it's lopsided, when you have a bad team in a good record, it's like, eh. Or you have two bad teams with bad records, it's another, eh. It doesn't really mean anything. Something has to be at stake for it, right? You have to have star power. The television people have to be entrenched in it, engaged in it, wanting to make it something special. That's why I look at it. I'm like, okay, so how could the Clippers and the Lakers – be a rivalry when the Clippers have never won anything. They never beat the Lakers at doing anything. If they beaten the Lakers in the Western Conference Final in multiple years and they gotten there and maybe have won a chip or two, then it's a rivalry. Just because they're in the same city, it's like the Nets and it's like the Nets and the Knicks. They're not a rivalry just because they're in New York. Here, look, I, in boxing, a lot of times I'll tell people, look, a super fight, a real super fight, can't be promoted into existence. It has to happen organically. In other words, the dust settles. There's Pacquiao, there's Mayweather, they're left standing. There's Ali, there's Frazier, there's Hagler, there's Sugar Ray Leonard. Those are super fights, right? It may be that the next rivalry, when all is said and done, the smoke just settles, and there is Denver, Jay, and there's Memphis, right? The next five or six years, three or four years, maybe they're meeting in the Western Conference Finals, and that becomes the rivalry, right? A lot of it has to do with just how good everybody is. Do they get it done when it matters? Damon and Richmond. Hey Max, hey Keith, hey look, Max, you finally got something right, man. You hit it on the <laughs> head. The, the Boston and the Lakers and all those other rivalries in the eighties and the nineties, they were decade rivalries because all those teams seen each other in the playoffs or either in the championship. Now you don't get those rivalries like that because we don't we don't have consistent teams playing against each other in the playoffs and the championship. Um, Golden State in that San Antonio with Kawhi, that almost became a, a rivalry, but Kawhi left. So who is left? Memphis trying to, like Josh say, bring the smoke against Golden State. That's kind of bubbling. But other than that, there's no big rivalry. But I say this, um, Jay, the Lakers and the Boston, us old heads, unlike the other callers that say he was 40 and he's an old head, <laughs> that'll always be a rivalry to us because we always grew up looking at the Lakers and the Celtics. Celtics. So that always going to be a rivalry. But the, the Clippers, man, they would never compare to the Lakers. I'm a diehard Lakers fan. Keyshawn, yeah, you hit it on the head. Man, them, them clowns are never compared to the Lakers. <laughs> hey, Jay. Yeah. Welcome to the old head club. Yeah. I, I'm, But, like, I'm around – I feel that on the Lakers because I want the Lakers and Celtics not to like each other key. But, like, that's the guys from back in the day that didn't like each other. It's different now. Oh, yeah, because it's they – so they, different yeah. now. I, I can't imagine – outside of Magic, 
outside of Magic and Bird getting to know each other, back then, them dudes wasn't hanging out and doing, it wasn't, uh, uh, Mikael wasn't hanging out with James Worthy, Worthy and, right. and yes. Cornbread no Maxwell way. wasn't hanging out with Byron Scott and they wasn't off season going on yacht trips and all that together. No. Nowadays, you look up, they everybody they rolling with each other, they got the same agents. It's it's yeah. so different. He hey, brings a man, where's your teammates? He, he does bring up a great point though, and I know Alan Yates talked about this before, where it's the the consistency of the rosters also matter in the rivalry. Yes. Because it's about you know, that happening over, over time, a, yeah. a span of time where you get a chance to see those chaotic relationships mold and mature and evolve into not liking each other more and more. And I remember when, watch it. when Bernie Williams, Yankees' great center fielder, was coming up for, on free agency, and everyone thought he was going to sign with Boston, and they made him the best offer. And he called Steinbrenner directly and was like, look, man, I, I don't want – you know, because – People who come up in the farm system are trained to hate the Red Sox from the time they're in the like, late teens, right? Every step of the way, they hate those guys. And they worked something out. He took a discount to stay. Tune into NBA action tonight as the Celtics host the Knicks. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. This hot ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seat rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. Guys, meantime, we saw this. Let's talk about rivalries in the NFL. This is the second consecutive season. Key, when you say they try to package it up, mm-hmm. they tried to package the Chiefs and the Bills up. And, and by the way, not just package it up, but this speaks to what you guys were saying about when I'm saying us oh, already a rivalry and you're like, slow down a little bit with Memphis and Golden State. The Bills were playing the Chiefs tough. They were built to beat the Chiefs. They gave them a real great game. We'll always remember last year. Yeah, Brandon Bean went out and got Von Miller for Patrick Mahomes. For Pat, right. Mm-hmm. But, but in the end, is that actually the Chiefs' rival, or was that a little packaged up? Or maybe at least, of course, like it looked a certain way, but it didn't turn out that way because the Bengals and the Chiefs for the second consecutive season are meeting in the AFC title game. And Patrick Mahomes is practicing and not walking in a boot. And the odds went from... Oh, Chiefs are favored by three at home. Don't know eight. Patrick Mahomes' ankle. Bengals are favored by one to now. Pick them last time we checked. Should the Chiefs be considered the favorites here? Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. It's about Mahomes. As great as we talk about him, we cannot escape the fact that the reigning defending AFC champions are quarterbacked by a guy named Joe Burrow who has beaten Patrick Mahomes every single time he's faced him. We know they're talented in all three phases. It's the same guys playing against each other. So I'm sure both teams will have adjustments that they make. And I mean, these games have been close. So we'll just see where it goes. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio. Jeff Allen, former Kansas City Chiefs guard and owner of the Cookie Society in Frisco, Texas is with us now. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me again. You got enough jerseys behind you, man? You got a lot of jerseys, man. That's special yeah, right got... there. Oh, man, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Weren't we supposed to get some cookies? I forgot about this. I forgot all about this. What happened? All right. You got to order them, man. The man's running a business. He ain't just going to give them to you for free. for free. That's right. <laughs> I, but, yeah, but I Any, Anyway. I think uh, Keyshawn, you were in charge of that, and you just uh, you just didn't Dropped get it. No, I got my cookies. I paid for mine, though. Hey, how concerned are you about Patrick Mahomes' ankle, Jeff? I'm not concerned. Um, I don't know what this guy's made out of, but he dealt with a similar situation um, last year with a sprained ankle, where he came back the following week against the Raiders and threw for 420 yards. Um, the fact that he finished the game, uh, it just showed um, where he was mentally. I know high ankle strain, sprains traditionally are tough to get over. I've dealt with them before. Uh, I don't know how he's doing it, but the fact that he's done it before gives me confidence. Yeah, Jeff, you mentioned that game after the high ankle sprain against the Raiders. Not only did he throw for 400-plus yards, he threw for four touchdowns and zero interceptions on a similar injury. He's hobbled. He'll be hobbled a little bit. My concern more so yeah. than anything for him is if he was to get grabbed in that same spot and taken down – the the being sore things like that that's the only issue that that comes to mind with me do you think the offense will run differently though because of the concern of a little bit of an injury 100 percent. i was going to say that while you're talking given that point andy reed's going to put together a great game plan he's going to put a lot of pressure on the offensive line to protect that but there's definitely not going to be a lot of rollouts patrick traditionally he makes plays on the run but he's going to be in the pocket a lot more and he's going to protect himself in that way but, but the good thing is he can have success in the pocket. He's done it before. Jeff, uh, what have you seen from Cincinnati's defense over the last several games? I mean, they made life miserable for Josh Allen. You know, what was that, 13 carries for 26 yards? And we know yeah. Josh Allen is one of the most explosive quarterbacks there is in, in, in the NFL. So as it relates to utilizing his legs to get out of the pocket to create plays, what do you think they'll do that maybe they did to Josh Allen that they could do to Patrick Mahomes? They're disciplined, they're relentless, um, especially their edge defenders. They do a good job of containing the quarterback. Um, good discipline rushes. They're not just, you know, 
running directly up the field. They're keeping guys contained. Josh, similar to Patrick, he makes a lot of plays outside of the pocket. So it takes a discipline rush, and it takes being relentless. It takes getting after guys, and they do that. And that, that entire defense, they collectively, they're, they're a good group. They complement one another. Um, their linebacker core is good. I love that kid, Wilson. Um, DJ Reader, he doesn't get enough credit. I'm in the middle, stopping the run. It's a really good group. Jeff Allen, former Kansas City Chiefs guard, co-founder of the Cookie Society in Frisco, Texas. Remember out there, Valentine's Day is coming up, so put in your orders and get those amazing cookies. That's I'm a good you, idea. That is a good idea. They are really good. Max J, put in that order now. Put in the order for the loved ones. Valentine's Day. Um, you got to have some too, see? It works. Yeah. How, how, how rough and tough do you think it's going to be for the defensive side of the ball, the Kansas City Chiefs, to slow down Joe Burrow, who's gotten the best of them recently, 3-0 and against Patrick yeah. Mahomes, 2 in the regular season, 1 in the post. It's going to take a good game plan. I think the last three matchups where we've lost those games, um, I guess we were kind of stubborn. Um, we played a lot of man, and we don't match up well on the outside. I mean, Josh, I mean, Jamar Chase, um, T. Higgins, those guys can create matchup nightmares, and it's going to take a little bit of help, especially with Chase. So I'm hoping Spags has a little bit of change up, um, change the coverages a little bit. But it's going to be tough. And Joe, he makes plays when it counts. I mean, this guy's been doing it. Uh, he's earned everyone's respect, myself included. I mean, I know we were talking about early in the year about Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes being one and two and them being the AFC title and kind of dismissed them even with them being in the last year. Um, so to see them back, you, you got to respect it. Who's been the MVP so far in these playoffs? Oh, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to probably say right now, just with what Joe's doing, um, but, but Patrick, Patrick is, is uh, Patrick's going to get it done, man. That, that's my guy. I know what he's made out of, and, and, and this is where you prove it. Jeff Allen, former Kansas City Chiefs guard, owner of the Cookie Society in Frisco, Texas. He highly recommends them and suggests you might want to Make a little uh, order for Valentine's Day, which get, I think is get, a very get, good idea. What are you going to do with flowers? Get the red flowers. Get the red velvet and get the banana pudding. Red velvet and banana pudding. Yes, good. sir. That's you know, good. He's ordered. He knows the menu. There you go. Thank you, Jeff. All right, Jeff. So you, you, you heard Appreciate Jeff you talk about Joe Burrow. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean – you know, I asked earlier, hey, is Mahomes in danger of becoming Aaron Rodgers, meaning a guy who does all these great things but doesn't make the Super Bowl enough? Meantime, he's already been to the Super Bowl more than Aaron Rodgers, has won just as many, is about to win his second MVP, which is half of Rodgers' total and much less than half his career, and has hosted five straight uh, AFC championship games. Uh, no one in the history of football has done what Mahomes has done in their first five years. But Joe Burrow... <laughs> I mean, Burrow, if he beats Mahomes and then wins the Super Bowl, you could you could argue him over. I mean, it's going to be what, interesting. What, what if what if what if Joe Burrow does the opposite though? Play on the road in the AFC Championship game for five straight, like yeah, right. six of his first five years. <laughs> That'd be insane. I mean, five of his if he five wins, of his though. first six or something. But which quarterback would you rather have? Here's what's interesting: Mahomes, when the two, you know, we've been saying a lot. Burrow's beaten him three times. They played three times. Burrow's three and zero in the pros, but. Mahomes has had the lead the vast majority of time in the vast major- in all the three games. He's had a fourth-quarter lead and, mo- and the lead for most of the game. 
But that also suggests with the game on the line in the fourth quarter, Burrow's outplaying him. And in fact, he is. And you can go look it up. He's playing much better than Mahomes in the fourth quarter. So which quarterback would you rather have with the ball in their hands with the game on the line? Who? Key, who would you take? Oh, I thought you was teasing that. Yeah. Man, why are you even going to ask me something like that? You already know what I'm going to say. Stop. uh, Fine. Uh, by the man, way, my homes, man, stop it. Okay, but Burroughs outplayed him. In the th- they played three That's times, cool. not once, three times. That ain't got nothing to do with Spags and that bad. You just heard you just heard what my man said about Spags and that man-to-man defense. They don't have it on the outside perimeter like that to continue to keep playing the way they was playing with against them in the past. I mean, potato, potato, look, you give me both. Potato, I mean, potato, man for the tomato, rest of my tomato. Life. I mean, yeah, right. I mean every, every coach dreams of having these two quarterbacks. As of right now, because of the body of work, you would give the edge – Slight edge to Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion. But it ain't like Joe Burrow that far off. No, it's not. Like when there's three minutes up or two-minute no, drill, like you're worried if the ball's in Joe Burrow's hands at all. I would well, take I, Patrick I would, Mahomes. I would feel the same way about a lot of these quarterbacks that are at the top because I've watched. I've watched. The only one I haven't seen is Purdy do it. But right. I've watched, I've watched Jalen Hurts come from behind against Indianapolis and punch it in late in the game. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, and I watched Joe Burrow do it. Here's the difference for me with Mahomes and Burrow. Burrow's got a lot of ability. His ability is underplayed. He's very, he's, he's a very talented guy. Big, fast, strong, talented guy. But the, and, and, they're, and he's super clutch. But so is Mahomes. And the difference is Mahomes physically can do things no one else can do. Right? He, his, he has an electric arm. He has a way of, of uh, escaping pressure and somehow slowing down time so that he can do things like as though everyone else is going in slow motion. Uh, so I, I would also take Mahomes and, uh, Jay, as you said, we've, the body of work. I'm saying this, though. Don't let Joe Burrow outplay him in the fourth quarter again and then go on to win the Super Bowl. I mean, look at these. These plays by Mahomes are absurd. It's absurd. But if Burrow somehow gets him, especially outplays him again down the stretch, guys, I'm sorry. That's even though Burrow's career basically is two years at that point. He somehow caught him. Did he pass him? Well, I mean, that's that's why this is an enormous legacy or or era defining game in many respects. How much does Mahomes need a win over Joe Burrow? Keyshawn J. Willemax. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. This will be another defensive game. Hurts keeps fighting for the end zone. What a run. Touchdown, Philadelphia. Philly, they are damn near impossible to defend. They have people everywhere. 
Like, who you gonna guard? The Niners are clearly the best defense left in this thing. And when you have units that are this good, it comes down to matchups. When you talk about who is just doing the best job of coaching his football team right this minute, who's doing it better than Kyle Shanahan? Keyshawn, J. Willemax, ESPN Radio, and we are joined now by the live wire himself, Bart Scott, ESPN NFL analyst. What's going on, Bart? Hello. What up, my peoples? Hold <laughs> on. Let, us, let man, the beat play, man. I feel like Keyshawn having some fun, man. Getting oh, yeah. Allen into any trouble oh, recently? Yeah. Oh, man, you already, you already know. You already know how we I got to get some glasses for that tie, though. Oh, you hold Look up, like man. you got that tie out of Boomer's closet. Boomer. Ah, uh, man, this is custom, baby. I only do custom <laughs> ties. You know what I'm saying? Custom ties. Falling on the budget. You feel me? Well, I'm my neck's about, too big, so I have I'm to talking about Chris Berman's. I'm talking about Chris <laughs> Berman's closet. Man, that thing bright. Nah, see, see, this is, you know how TV, dude. You know, you, if, you, if you understood, you understand there's some subtleties in here. You're in the window pane. I got a little splash of orange in here. You can't really see that all the way from L.A., oh. you know what I'm saying? A little splash of orange in there, so I'm pulling it out right here with the light pasty. Okay, okay, okay. A okay, little, okay, little, okay, little cashmere okay. flex, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you and Steven ain't getting it together. I see y'all. Oh, no, he, no, he dressed like a deacon. He dressed like somebody <laughs> deacon at church. What are you paying? Wait, Bart. <laughs> what are you paying most attention to in the Niners Eagles defensive matchup? Oh, for me, it's the physicality, right? This is the thing, right? Both defenses have have vulnerabilities, and when you think about the vulnerability of the San Francisco 49ers, it's those corners in that in that secondary. When you think about the vulnerability of the Philadelphia Eagles, it's those linebackers and the ability to stop the run. Now they can say that they they went out and got and Domkin Sue and Davis is back and all that. But you got to show me that you can that you can have football acumen from the linebacker position because Kyle Shanahan is going to mess with the linebacker's eyes. And if you with all those shifts and motions and all those different actions he has in front, if those linebackers take a bad step or freeze their feet or, and don't get downhill, then what happens is it's going to open up the passing lanes behind, but it's also going to allow the lineman to work up to the second level. So, listen, I understand that this team is tremendous, right? Led the league in, 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 in um, pass rush and sacks, 75, I believe. But you can't get a sack on a run play. And to do that, they're going to have to be able to do the dirty work to get there. And if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I'm going to make sure that I make sure that it's third and short and not allowing them to pin their ears back. Bart, you, you played on the defensive side of the ball, and, and you've gotten after quarterbacks before and other players that had, you know, in the news media, injury, so to speak. Yeah. In a clean situation, how do you defend Patrick Mahomes knowing he might be, might be hobbled a little bit? Well, what I do is what they expect you to do is come out and try and light him up early. I'm going to build my packages late. I'm going to see how he's moving first. I'm going to make sure I don't give him an opportunity to get a big play early because if they can play from behind, the biggest, the biggest, the, 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 the weakest unit in this game is the Kansas City defense. And a lot of times, Spagnuolo gets to hide his defense because his team is always either tied or ahead. Now, what, may, what happens every time they play the Cincinnati Bengals, they have a guy that's equal, I'm not going to say greater than on the other side, that can make, put pressure on Mahomes to have to keep pace. Because the Bengals' defense is way better than the Kansas City Chiefs' defense. So I'm going to make sure that I, I don't give up any big plays and I'm going to make sure that I light him up in the second half. I'm going to make sure I wait to the like first, first or probably the third possession before I start testing if he can get off the spot. I'm going to make sure that I play base defense, make sure I, I get up in him. And because you have Hubbard and Trey Henderson, you just keep him in the pocket because the ability of Mahomes to extend plays is what makes this offense 
go. Not the fact that he's going back and hitting and getting the ball out of his hands on time. So, you, go ahead, go ahead, Keith. No, I was going to say, I was going to ask Bart. I, I can't remember, and I didn't look it up or anything. I, I can't remember at all. But do you, when you look at where Cincinnati is now with this organization yeah. versus when you played against them, because I don't remember them being very good. Well, well they, had a couple, were, they had a couple good years. They had Carson Palmer. They had who's, who's, TJ, who's your mama? They had uh, Chris Henry, and they had Ocho Cinco. And then they had uh, Whitworth. Out there at a young Whitworth at left tackle exactly. and Rudy Johns, they had they had some war daddies over there. Yeah, but they wasn't, but they were not a thorn in the Ravens' side, so to speak. They had yeah. some players, yeah. but they wasn't like fighting every single year right. for the division, mm-hmm. making it to AFC Championship games like this Cincinnati Bengal team is. And I was going to say to you, how much does it irk you, pain you, and no cap, please? Yeah. That you're looking at the Bengals and saying, man, because you was a Raven. You you go down as a lifelong Raven yeah. even though right. you are a Jet too. Correct. Yeah, well, we each called them the Bungles. And they had some good years. Remember, they, they, they should have went to the Super Bowl the year where um, Van, Van Olaf ran into Carson Palmer's knee. They were blowing him out and blew his knee out. Um, but here's the thing, right? It, 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 it's a cautionary tale because what happens is you look at their benefiting because they can stack the deck. They can stack the deck because their quarterback is cheap and they found out that he's a dude. He's a franchise guy. And what's disheartening is that the Ravens have a dude, but they didn't stack the deck. They stacked the deck, but they did it on the defensive side. They tried to stack the deck the same way and put Lamar Jackson in the same category as Joe Flacco because that's what they did. When Joe Flacco was cheap, they stacked the deck. They went and got all these crazy defensive players, and they won a Super Bowl. So if they would have stacked the deck on the offensive side for Lamar Jackson – I felt like we would have been talking about the Ravens in the same light, right? As if they would have went out and got a number two number one receivers for Lamar Jackson instead of spending money on Peters, Humphreys, Williams, Calais Campbell, they spent way too much of their, of their resources over there. And I think that's a cautionary tale because now they got to pay Lamar Jackson, so now they won't be able to stack the deck. Bart Scott, ESPN NFL analyst. Um, so we've been talking a lot about Game. It's going to be one of the has us view this error a certain way. Yeah. Is it still Mahomes' world? Does Burrow have something to say about it? Yeah. But then the old geezers, where they're gonna, where are they gonna wind up? It like Bart. I look around and I think, yeah. man, what makes the most sense for Rodgers is the Jets makes too and much Brady sense. with maybe Miami, Miami depending yes. on Tua. Oh my God, the AFC East with Belichick and Brady going against each other, plus Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Oh it my ma- God, it, 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 it makes too much sense for the teams, and it makes too much sense for the NFL because it would be a, so, the juiciest storylines, two Hall of Famers, and then the guy that's supposed to be the next one in Josh Allen in the same division, right? It would be the most covered division ever. And, and I think it, it makes way too much sense. And to everybody who says, well, or has concern about Aaron Rodgers coming after June 2nd, we did this exact same thing in Baltimore, and Joe Douglas was a part of that regime. When we were in Baltimore, we, we drafted a guy named Kyle Bowler from the University of Cal. Um, he was to, a bowler, right, not a baller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah to, to, to be honest, he, <laughs> he, he, was, he, yeah, he, he wasn't that dude. And we had a team that was ready to win the Super Bowl, and I think that Ozzie Newsom recognized that. And he, made, he went out and he, he traded for Steve McNair. And traded for Steve McNair, we were a 7-6 team. We're a team that was – extremely talented on the defensive side of the ball. We just couldn't have an – we didn't have an identity on the offensive side. And he went out and got Kyle uh, – he went out and got um, Steve McNair. We was 13-3 and three and had the best record in the AFC. 
Uh, unfortunately, we lost to Peyton Manning the year they won the Super Bowl, but we were the team that was the number one seed. So I see very, I see a lot of similarities to this Jets team. Young, talented, cheap, could absorb a big contract, and it just makes too much sense because they can give, they can give Aaron Rodgers everything that he's looking for. The weapons on the outside, if he wants his guys, Tunyon and Bakhtiari, they can afford to sign him. The Jets are just so happen to be in the market for a tackle. Part before we get out of here, because we have 30 seconds, any hesitancy if you're Rodgers because you're following Favre from Green Bay to the Jets? No, because he feels he can, he can finish the deal. You know, Favre got hurt towards bicep, and he was 9-2, and, and, and he was here for a year. If he comes here, you talk about setting yourself out to school. Hell, they'll give him Boomer Sice and Anfield, Phil Simms' job. He can get the $300, $400 million TV contract that he wants. Just be, just win in New York, baby, and I guarantee you. Keyshawn, That's why I mean Keyshawn are here. Jay, Will, and Max were presented by Progressive yeah, Insurance. Much more coming up. Come on, man. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.